Crystal Craven, a singer, songwriter, and worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. When I was younger and I heard the word persecution, I used to think of places like China or of people like the apostles being stoned to death or hung upside down on a cross. Now, in the face of changes here even in America, it's becoming more of a reality just in a different way for now. While in America, we as Christians are starting to really face social and political persecution, and I believe it's only a matter of time before it gets worse, and no one will be able to ride the fence or really be lukewarm about it. Everyone is going to have to choose to either follow and obey man or to follow and obey God and face intense persecution and possibly death. Does that sound scary to you? I mean, in one sense, yes, because God made us with the desire to survive. But in the other sense, our spirit should yearn for God so much that we forsake our flesh and all the fear that comes with it and just purpose in our hearts to follow and obey God at all costs knowing that we will face persecution just as Jesus warned us in Matthew 10. I encourage you to just spend some time in Matthew 10, specifically verses 16 through 33. Just let the Lord minister to you through it. It really is awesome. In America, we've been really spoiled to be able to worship God freely in buildings, homes, parks, anywhere we want, and to have the right protected under the constitution of our land. But have we actually taken advantage of this freedom fully? Or have we as a whole grown content with just doing church maybe once a week or less? If we are truly being the church, the body and bride of Christ, we must be abiding in him every single day and walking as the body the way that Christ designed, not as America designed. So how can we know what God's will and design for his church is? And how can we pursue it even if persecution is ushered in. In Acts 2, we see, after Peter had preached the sermon at Pentecost, just how the early church was operating and thriving. In Acts 2, 42-47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When you read this, don't you just get a longing desire to be part of it? Jesus designed us to be in community as his church, to be doing life together, not just meeting for an hour a week to like scarf the meat of the word like a snack and then scatter. It's important to abide in Jesus on our own in an individual relationship with him, but he also highlights the importance of being among fellow believers, not just in the study of his word, but also in praying together, in communion and sharing meals together and in fellowship together. COVID has changed a lot, but it shouldn't change how we live as the body of Christ. 
And as persecution comes and gets worse, it won't be a decision on whether or not to go to church in person, or whether or not to post a Bible verse on social media, or whether or not we should voice support for things like marriage the way God designed it, or protection of children inside and outside of the womb, or even to share the truth of the gospel and love with those that we meet. It's going to become more a matter of there is no church building to meet at, and you'll need to meet in homes. Or you won't have the ability to post Bible verses or biblical perspectives on social media because the law will have changed to become just the complete antithesis of a biblical worldview so much that voicing your biblical views or sharing the gospel may land you in jail or at minimum, maybe a lawsuit that you can't afford the judgment of. But that shouldn't cause us fear or worse to give up and fall away. A little further in Acts, we see the disciples coming before the rulers and were threatened and told not to preach in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John answered them in Acts 4, 19-20. And they said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And then they were arrested again and warned over not to preach Christ. Yet again and again, they continued in their mission and responded that they must obey God rather than men. When Stephen was brought before the council with false allegations, he too, he spoke the truth in love boldly, even though it ended up costing him his life, as we read in Acts uh, 6 through 7. And when Paul was sought to be killed in Damascus, wisely, he fled through a window in the wall, but only for him to continue the mission that Jesus called him into. And he was later arrested, beaten, plotted against, and brought before high-ranking officials. Yet he didn't detour from that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He was faithful to follow and obey Jesus no matter what the circumstances were, and even though it meant his eventual death. How did these people, those in the Bible and those that we've read about throughout history, such as, you know, like Corrie ten Boom and her family and Gladys Allward and Jim and Elizabeth Elliot and all these others, How did they manage to stay so strong and on course in their race throughout such intense persecution? This quote by Charles Spurgeon sums it up well. He who comes forth fresh from beholding the face of God will never fear the face of man. So if we do what Jesus told us, to take up our cross daily and follow and abide in him and pray without ceasing, We will truly understand and live as though our days are numbered and as bondservants to the Lord God Almighty who is coming back any day for his bride, the church. We will be able to do what James says and count it all joy when we face these various trials and to rejoice that we're counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus, just as those in the early church did, not ceasing to meet with one another and to teach and preach Jesus. As C.T. Studd put it, and as Pastor Chuck, or as some used to say, Papa Chuck, uh, used to say, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. My friend, may you live an abundant life of abiding in Jesus, and upon your passing from this side of eternity to the next, hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. For blog posts, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com, and that's crystal with a K.